0: Welcome to Said. I'm your host Jane Dagmy, editor-in-chief of Designers today. Said covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various often eclectic angles. At its most literal, Said is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, Said, S.A.I.D., stands for something about interior designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to share the keynote address from our September 2020 designer experience. Our keynote was Jennifer Grace, a leader in transformation who coaches one and all about mindfulness, creative expression, and overcoming overwhelm. She coaches people of all ages and has even brought mindfulness education into Florida's Broward County school system. This year, to add to her resume, Jennifer was appointed mindset coach for a major luxury fashion brand. I've known Jennifer, who I call Jen, for about 14 years, and I've watched her create her career, her livelihood, her life, or as she might call it, being the executive producer of her dreams, or directing your destiny, which is the title of her first book. One thing that sets Jen apart in the coaching world is her sense of humor. She takes her work and her clients very seriously, but also always injects humor into the mysteries of life and she is an ace at mixing it in and dosing it out. Her keynote, Cultivating Your Creative Edge, touches on where we get stuck and why, and she shares various tools that bring us from worry back to the present. Jennifer talks about ways that we can access our inner pharmacies, those happy hormones, and get on with creating our best life and our best work. This keynote at the Designer Experience was originally sponsored by furniture brand Essentials for Living. And the headline sponsor for the whole event was Lillian August Fine Furniture. Thanks to them, we can all hear Jennifer Grace now. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, for wherever you are in the world. My name is Jennifer Grace, and I am so excited to be here on this amazing virtual conference. We can be here from all over the country, the world, and still create our communities. So today I'm gonna be sharing with you different tools to cultivate your creative edge. And the tools that I'm gonna be sharing and the conversation that we'll be having comes directly from the course that I teach Uh, It is a course from Stanford University. It is based in mindfulness and emotional intelligence, originated at Stanford um, in 1979, and it was for the business students to think more creatively, more out of the box, step into their authenticity, move past fear, anxiety, and really be able to access next levels of creativity. So here I am talking to probably a very creative bunch of individuals, and even us creatives, we can get stuck. I love to hear that the design industry is thriving, that things are happening, and that makes me really happy. I do know that we are all experiencing, no matter what industry we are in, the stress and the overwhelm of the social unrest, like Jane was talking about, of just dealing with living inside of a pandemic. And so the tools that I'm going to share with you are designed to really help clear. So that you can drop into flow state. So I want to talk about three things, Exodus, flow state, and collaborative flow. So first flow state, you know, when we hear this, sometimes we think of the artist, right? I got into that flow state and all of a sudden the whole design just came through me, the painting got channeled in and and there it was, or the runner or the athlete that gets into the zone and, and they're able to create these unbelievable, you know, amazing feats of physicality and they don't know how they did it. So for many, many years, flow state was really reserved for the artists and the athletes. And then people started wondering, well, what is happening? you know let's let's study this so that executives you know now the us military can access these spaces where genius comes forth and so the top executives at google now our navy seals are engaging in different non ordinary states of consciousness in order to tap into next levels of creativity. They're also doing this to reach states of exodus. And that comes from that word, ecstasy, that feeling when you are just one with something. And collaborative flow is when you have a team that is working like a well-oiled machine. You are finishing each other's sentences. You are in this, this flow of creativity and you're just working together almost effortlessly. So like I said earlier, I find it really fascinating that you know our US military is now using things like sensory deprivation tanks where they'll put the marines in these float tanks and they're piping in binaural beat meditations. And what they're finding is that that is accelerating their ability to learn a language. When they go into territories, enemy territories, they need to, of course, know the language of the enemy. Normally that takes about six months But by using meditation, mindfulness, different tools like the sensory deprivation tank with binaural beats, they're able to access and accelerate that learning from six months to learning a language to six weeks. Google has an entire mindfulness campus center where they're putting their engineers in these meditation pods, not interrupting them so that they can get into this flow of creativity to think of that next most genius idea that their competitors haven't yet thought of. And so here as creatives, how can we amplify our own creativity, especially when we might not feel as creative because there is so much overwhelm going on in the world. So today I wanna share with you some different tools to get into flow state, to access next levels of your creativity. So what do you experience in flow state? I'm sure you all have had this moment, right? Where you are so sucked into what you're doing you come up for air and it feels as if 10 minutes have passed but it's been hours right that's that feeling of time right you're so engaged it's almost like meditation in motion and when you're in that space there is no ego right you you no longer hear the itty bitty shitty committee that lives inside all of our heads saying that's not good enough don't try that that's crazy That's turned off. There's also this effortlessness that happens when you're in flow state. You know, you have your 10,000 hours in. You don't need to pull thought. You're just in that flow, doing your creativity. And you feel this beingness, this richness of, of gratitude, of joy, peace of mind that starts to flood through you. And so I love to have context for this so that you can recognize when you are in flow state and I'm going to be sharing with you different activities that you can do that can actually amplify your flow state. And what you'll start to find is more creativity will start coming in. New ideas, brilliance, but we get to create space for that. So let's talk about some of these non-ordinary states of consciousness that top Google executives are using, our our military are using to accelerate this flow state.
2: Mindfulness, meditation, reflective writing, breath work, chanting, cold exposure, float tanks infrared saunas,
1: ecstatic dance, intermittent fasting, acts of creativity, creating clear goals and accomplishing them, taking alone time in nature, guided visualizations, binaural beat sounds, and sound healing. So by engaging in some of these activities, we can accelerate that space of being in flow to open up to next levels of creativity. So we're going to talk a little bit about my three most foundational ones, the mindfulness, meditation, and reflective writing. But before we go into that, I do want to just kind of highlight a few others. The cold exposure. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of Wim Hof. He is that awesome man, kind of wild, that has hiked Kilimanjaro in his underwear. He has the ability through working with his breath to maintain 98 degree temperature, no matter what degree it is outside. And he's pretty amazing. And then they said, well, yeah, Wim, you could do that, but can your students And so they did some studies with his students and they actually injected um, a bad flu into their system and they were able to actually stay immune to it through this type of breath work. So it's a pretty fascinating thing. If you've never seen Wim Hof's uh, documentary, I highly recommend it. But why do we use it for creativity? It's going to fire off your adrenaline and those endorphins. You know, there are these amazing retreats that he leads and other people um, that are under him where you submerge yourself into a ice bath for two minutes or more and doing things like this, jumping out of planes, right? Um, Diving and scuba diving, jumping into cold tanks, you know, things that are really kind of... Acts of fearlessness that can cultivate creativity by doing things out of your comfort zone. Um, I have a 19 year old son, and every year he challenges me to do some sort of act of fearlessness. And this um, started (laughs) when he was 10 years old, and he said to me, We were at a water park, and he says, Mom, I want you to go down the dark tunnel, whatever it was called, black, black thunder, black thunder slide with me. And I'm like, Oh, absolutely not. I'm not going, I'm petrified of heights. I'm like, no way. And he looks at me, he goes, little punk. He says, well, then you're a fraud. I said, excuse me? And he said, You know, I hear you all the time teaching your classes and on the phone with people, and you're you're always talking about fearlessness, and you're the biggest scaredy cat I know. (laughs) Nothing like a 10-year-old challenging, right? And so I thought, you know what, Cole, I'm going. (laughs) And I did it. I went down Black Thunder And I'm afraid of sharks. He's had me go scuba diving down to the depths of the sea. He had me jump out of a plane with him, you know, on his 18th birthday, go into coal tanks. Um, And I'll tell you, when I do these acts of fearlessness, that adrenaline, those endorphins start firing off and I come home and I journal and there is so much clarity. There's new ideas. There's new creativity because I've so gotten out of my comfort zone and done something that I didn't think was possible. And so it lifts those limitations, firewalking, you name it. So I highly recommend it. Um, Binaural beat sounds. That's also a really interesting type of meditation. And you can find any of this online. There's so many on YouTube, but You must listen to it with a headset because it's going from one ear to the next and it gets you into this hypnotic trance. And if you have trouble meditating and if you wanted to try this, um, I find that doing that for maybe even only 20 minutes, it just, it takes you out of your body, right? And that's really what happens when you're in flow state. You leave, the mind goes away, right? The inner critic is gone. Time no longer exists. And anytime you can get yourself in a state like that, right, where you're only thinking about what you're doing, like imagine being in an ice cube tank. You're not thinking about anything else, right? That's it. And you're just in the moment. That's where you can see creativity start to come forth, new ideas, Nature, taking time alone in nature. You know, some of the most famous writers are known for their long walks and not to go for exercise
2: and certainly not to go
1: and have any destination, but simply to wander, to find a park that maybe you've never gone to and to wander through it, or a city. That really can cultivate a lot of fresh new ideas. I think nature can bring to us a new way, a new perspective of looking at things. I know that I live here right by the ocean, and when I feel stuck, I'll go over the 17th Street Bridge, and all of a sudden there's just downloads of ideas coming in. I have to have a notebook in my car for when i come back because there i am looking over the ocean there must be some vortex there i don't know <laughs> and it's interesting to know where do your creative ideas flow in is it in the shower is it in nature is it when you brainstorm have an awareness for that okay. so what happens when we are engaged in these certain non-ordinary states of consciousness, right? The time is floating away. The ego is gone. We're feeling this effortlessness, this richness. So what starts to happen in the brain are all these neurochemicals start to fire off and it becomes this like cocktail of happy hormones. The beauty about engaging in a lot of these activities that I just mentioned, if you're feeling depression, anxiety, sadness, and certainly I think there is a lot of that going on in the world today. There was a study that came out two weeks ago actually that they saw the number of people in America that were depressed since The pandemic has tripled, which is not a surprise. And so a lot of us are dealing with heightened anxiety, fear, depression, sadness. Even if work is going well, we're here trying to deal with online learning with our children. We're dealing with social unrest. We're dealing with, you know, fear that our families, people that we love may get sick. And so the serotonin levels are going down, right? The GABA levels are going down. And when you partake in these non-ordinary states of consciousness, not only are you going to clear the way for next levels of creativity, you're also going to raise and boost those happy hormones. So dopamine is the first, and that is the reward molecule. When we set a goal and we achieve it, dopamine is released. Um, Also, it is released, they found, when um, we get likes on Instagram or Facebook, which is why we're all so addicted. Side note, if you haven't seen The Social Dilemma, please do. I think it's the most important piece that is on television right now that we all need to be very aware of. I digress. Endorphins are released during that physical activity, right? When you're out taking that walk, that hike during sex. And sometimes you feel absolutely no pain. You're so engaged with that particular Physical activity, the pain goes away. Athletes report this all the time. They have like a sprained ankle, and the ice skater is skating on it, and she feels nothing. Oxytocin, which is why we should all be together at the cocktail hour tonight, because coming together with community, bonding with tribe, right? That starts to release the oxytocin. You know, that with mother mother and child, with good friends, with hugs. Now think about how little physical touch we're having right now, especially for people who are not in relationship.
0: Hey listeners, it's Jane Dagmy, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. I'm so glad you found our podcast. Did you also know that we print our magazine eight times a year and mail it to your home or office? Yes, interior design professionals can request a complimentary subscription by simply going to designerstoday.com and clicking on the button at the top that says subscribe. It's that simple. And while you're there, if you hit the newsletter tab, you can sign up for our weekly news as well as that of our sister publications. And now back to our show.
1: So we need to come together in community more and connect, to see each other, to FaceTime with our loved ones, to do Zoom things, to be part of a belonging, a community, to raise that oxytocin. GABA is the anti-anxiety molecule. And what it does is it fires off these neurons and creates a sense of calm. So meditation practitioners, yoga practitioners, they, when measured, they have a very high level of GABA. Serotonin, the happy hormone produced many, many in meditators, right? Adrenaline, the energy, that's that cold exposure that gets fired off. And anandamine, this is the bliss hormone. So we actually have... uh, an internal pharmacy inside of us. So many times when we are stressed, we're reaching, right? What are we reaching for? The sleeping pill, the glass of wine. But we have this inside of ourselves. We actually have a pharmacy. We have cannabis, right? We have anti medication right in here. Because when you are full of fear, anxiety, sadness, anger, frustration, it is really hard to be creative. And so here are some ways. So the three um, most foundational tools for me of the non-ordinary states of consciousness activities are mindfulness, meditation, and reflective writing. When I teach my mindfulness course, the one that's based on the Stanford University master's degree course, for eight weeks in a row, my clients will meditate and journal every single day and practice mindfulness to really clear the way to that next level of creativity to come forth. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is the art of just paying attention to the present moment with this openness, this curiosity to what is without attachment or judgment. And what that looks like is, oh, how interesting. We are in the middle of a pandemic and we don't make it right or wrong, good or bad. It just is, this is what is happening. There are different tools to get into the moment so that you can be in this state of awareness, of openness, of non judgment. Because mostly we are not in the present moment, right? We're up here where the itty bitty shitty committee is having its field day. We're worrying about the future, we're regretting the past. And we're not in the here and now. I mean, I ask you in this moment, right here, right now, even if your life is a stressful mess, right here, right now, are you okay? Yes. So the present moment is where peace lives. And by utilizing different tools and processes to get into the present moment, to ground yourself out of worry, which causes fear and anxiety, out of regret. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, which causes sadness, anger, depression, guilt, shame, all those great feelings. When we're in the present moment and we let go of that, we can come back to center. And we can be grounded, grateful. We can have peace of mind. And when we're in that state of being, creativity can flow. And I'm going to go through a couple of very simple tools for us to get back into the present moment. And then meditation is the act of paying attention to your breath here on the inhale, now on the exhale,
2: or mantra to just let go of
1: those thoughts, to be here now. And there comes creativity. I get so many creative ideas after I meditate. And then reflective writing. I don't know how. We make sense round and round and round and round inside of our heads, right? It's like a merry-go-round in there. And, and think about this. Imagine this, this glass filled If I put a bunch of dirt and sand in it and stirred it up, that's our brain all day long, right? The negative self talk, the worry about the future, the regretting the past. When you meditate, when you practice mindfulness, when you take all those crazy thoughts and just put them on paper so they can live there and not here, all that dirt and sand settles to the bottom. And what was cloudy becomes clear. And I think clarity is the key to creativity. When we are clear, we can be
2: more creative. So I wanted to
1: share with you a few practical tools from each of these foundational tools so that you could have them as a takeaway. And these are specifically great If you wake up at uh, 4 a.m. writing, producing, and directing the horror movie starring you, anybody ever? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Yes. (laughs) I think we've all been there at 4 a.m. And you cannot go back to sleep. Using some of these techniques is a great way to get back into the present moment and fall back asleep. But certainly you can do this anytime, night or day. The first is the five senses check-in. They have shown scientifically that you cannot focus on your obsessive thinking and what you see, taste, hear, touch, and smell simultaneously. And so the trick is, is to turn on the senses, which turns off the obsessive thinking. So let's give it a try.
2: We're going to begin Going through the five senses with
1: your eyes open to start. So just start looking around the room that you're in, noticing the colors, the textures, the fabrics, the furniture, and just notice the room.
2: Next, notice the shadows and the light.
1: Now close your eyes, deeply breathe in. Notice any smells that you can detect coming from inside the room you're in. Next, still with your eyes closed, invoke the sense of sound. What are the sounds coming from inside the room you're in? What are the
2: sounds coming from outside the room you're in?
1: Next, again, still with your eyes closed, invoke the sense of taste. Gently run your tongue along your teeth and swallow. And finally, touch. Notice the way the air feels on your face, the way your clothing feels on your body. And now notice your breath. How on the inhale through your nose it's cool, And the exhale, it's warm.
2: And when you're ready, open your eyes.
1: So ask yourself, just now, did you worry about the future or regret the past? I'm sure the answer is no, because it's literally impossible. The next tool is an anchoring tool, and it's called the calm palm. So it's two. Stop any obsessive thinking, get back into the moment. You could focus on anything in front of you. This particular exercise is to focus on your hand. So go ahead and put your non dominant hand in front of your face and just kind of notice it. Notice all the lines in your palm. And now take your pointer finger and begin at the bottom of your thumb and very gently breathe in and count to the number one. Breathe out two,
2: breathe in three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine,
1: and that act very, very lightly tickling. Your hand, almost like a, a parent or a lover, and the breathing and the counting, especially if you do this at 4 a.m., the next thing you know, you'll be fast asleep. <laughs> I can hear you giggling, Jane. <laughs> and the last tool for mindfulness is Asking yourself three powerful questions. So again, scenario, 4 a.m., right in the horror movie starring you. You stop and you have an awareness that you are running a mind movie, a scenario that may or may not ever happen, right? So the first thing you do is you get the remote control and you press pause and you just stop the movie. And the first thing you ask yourself is, is this 100% going to happen? Since you don't have a crystal ball,
2: the answer is,
1: the second question you ask yourself is, in this moment, am I safe and am I okay? You look around the room, it's 4 a.m. There is no saber-toothed lion coming after you, right? Yes, I am safe. I am okay. And the final question is, is there anything I can do about it right now? And if there is, go do it. But usually at 4 a.m., there isn't anything you can do about it except some of these tools. See, what happens is physiology kicks in and we're watching this movie in our minds, the scenario of all of this horrible stuff that's going to may or may not ever happen. And our body doesn't know the difference between the reality that we're safe in our bed and it's 4 a.m. and the movie that. We're and so the heart starts beating, the hands start sweating. We start getting a panic attack. What we've done is we've triggered The sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight, which we needed, right? Back when we were cavemen and women, when there was a saber-toothed tiger coming at us. We don't need it in 2020. So how do we move from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and reset? Five senses check-in, pom-pom. Very simply. You can take that anxiety, that fear, down from a 10 to a 2 in instant. Now, notice I didn't say 10 to a 0. That would be a bottle of Chardonnay or maybe a Xanax,
2: but I'm not selling that right now.
1: Meditation. So I want to talk about meditation a little bit for those of you that may have tried meditation. Yeah, I don't think that I'm really good at this. So your thoughts are not going to stop when you meditate. Okay? We think that our thoughts are going to stop and so we're sitting there going thinking 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 and we're we're like, "Oh, I'm terrible at this." Right? Your thoughts are not going to stop when you meditate. Our job in our meditation practice is simply to take our mind to the brain gym, to exercise that muscle. Why? Because when something does happen in the real world, we get a call, our best friend has COVID. We get a call, we've been laid off. Something happens, boom all of a sudden we go into worrying about the future, regretting the past. We're setting off the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight. Our heart is racing. We're having a panic attack. But if we went into the mind gym that morning and we exercise that muscle of having a thought, letting it go and coming back to the present moment where peace lives, when that phone call comes in, That piece of news we see on the television that could activate the fight or flight, we were in the brain gym that morning and we can say, let it go, be here now. We can come back to center, we can be grounded, and then we can think creatively and clearly about what we need to do next. So there are three different meditation practices that I use with my clients. The first is mantra, the second is mala, and the third is simple breath. Mantra is just to pick two words. Here on the inhale, now on the exhale. Thought comes in, notice it. Your job is to not let it go more than one sentence. Here on the inhale, now on the exhale, here comes another thought. Don't let it go more than one sentence. Come back. And that's all it is. It's a coming home. It's not allowing your thoughts to control you. Instead, you are controlling your thoughts. You are in charge. You have the reins. And when life happens, you will not react. You will take a breath
2: and respond. Mala.
1: This is a mala. This is a great tool. It's almost like training wheels for a new meditator. And so, what you do is you use this to help you stay in the moment. And on each breath, you move from bead to bead to bead until you get all the way around 108. You're breathing in
2: and then moving to breathing out. In,
1: out. And this helps ground you. I don't let myself go to the next bead if my thoughts have gone. So I make sure I'm grounded and then I move to the next. That's mala. And then breath, there is something called the nadi shodna, which is alternate nostril breathing. The yogis say if you only did one of the pranayama breaths, that this would be the one to do. And you're so busy doing this that you can't think about the future, regret the past. It also balances the left and right hemisphere, which is excellent for creativity. And so how it goes is you take your two, your pointer and your ring finger, and you can do this along with me right now. You place it on your third eye. You take your right thumb and you close your right nostril. You breathe in counting to six One, two, three, four, five, six. You take your ring finger and close your left nostril. You hold your breath for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. You release your thumb and you breathe out your right nostril for six. So then it's in, hold, out. In, hold, out. And just by doing that, you are balancing the right and left hemisphere and all the counting and breathing. It's literally impossible for all the thinking. So that's a great thing that you can do in the middle of the day to reset yourself before you go to sleep or even before you sit to do a meditation. I highly recommend creative, uh, reflective writing for creativity. Um, There's a great practice that if you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is put pen to paper and you just start writing in a stream of consciousness. There is a time between um, consciousness and unconsciousness. It's called the twilight state. Einstein knew about this. Thomas Edison knew about this. And what Edison would do is he was sitting in a chair with a fork and a metal plate under him. And as he would fall asleep, that fork would hit the pan. And in that moment, he came up with all of his inventions, right? And so we have access to that every single morning. So, try it. Put a pen and a notebook. The second you wake up, you just write stream of consciousness for five timed minutes. And in the beginning, it's going to be your crazy dream, your to-do list, your fears, your anxiousness. But as you practice, you're going to see there's a nugget of gold, wisdom of creativity. A new idea will come forth on the page because you've created space for it. You can use what I am unclear about is and then journal for five minutes. What I am clear about is and journal for five minutes. There's also a creative process. It's not great idea success. And knowing that there are six stages in a creative process gives you permission to be in each stage. So there you are. Boom. Creative idea. Stage two, 99.999% of the time, after you have a great idea, you will hit the brick wall of frustration. Things won't go as planned. In that moment, you do three things. Number one, let go of expectations. Number two, let go of judgment of yourself. And number three, hold on to your creative idea. You don't know the how, but you do know the what. Then you go into stage three, put it on the back burner, let it percolate. And when you're ready, start to strategize. And that could be meditating, journaling, reflective writing. It could be brainstorming with an ally. It could be going for a run or a wander walk from doing that you're going to get that illumination that aha i know how to get over the brick wall of frustration and then your idea will be there verified real in the world
0: now we can do some q and a yay jen thank you so much like you're so welcome amazing i didn't realize that i was not muted until i left <laughs> <laughs> it's all good um so we got a lot of comments actually. Um, people were like, I'm glad I watched this. Somebody, um, was saying, um, travel unlocks creativity, the struggle of 2020 defined in a nutshell. Mm. And, you know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about something that you said about the collaborative flow and Mm. effortlessness and how I think that's something there was just a CEO, um, interview i think it was the wall street journal about like will you get back to the office and i think that that so many people were really honing in on that exact thing that is missing with this you know
1: yeah that collaborativeness that getting together that traveling to see people
0: do you, i mean do you think that this is you know that this is enough or do you think that you know if if you are working remotely, are there any tips for like collaborative flow?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could do what uh, a, a little cohort of friends and I did. We all got a COVID test and we got in our cars 24 hours later and we drove up to the mountains and we went on a trip together and we got to see each other. Um, and I do know friends of mine that are in different networking groups and they have pods of people that they are now going and doing that. I know they're they're arriving and they're taking a COVID test immediately so that they can feel relaxed and safe, especially after a plane ride. Um, so maybe that is what we need to do for people to feel relaxed and safe and to come together. Um, certainly zoom is one way and FaceTime is another way, but I think it is important to figure out creative ways. Um, even we, you know, we do like the backyard gatherings too, where, especially in the beginning, everybody was kind of bringing their own food and drink. And we were just gathering on the beach outside doing our six feet social distancing. We all had our little picnics and still coming together, not 50 people, certainly, but six. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm finding ways to still, and we're not hugging, you know? Yeah. We do a little namaste. I love you, you know, sending energy. But yeah, I think we do need to get together and do that in a way that feels good and safe for whoever you are individually, whether it's getting in a car instead of a plane.
0: Okay. I'm going to fire off some questions because yes, we do. Okay. Jennifer, question. I get in a rut of starting and stopping with meditation. I can totally relate to that. Do you have any tools to keep on track? Um, I think when you
1: meditate with a group and you have other people holding you accountable, that's always the secret to success. Left to our own devices, we're going to buy the journal. We're going to make the cute little meditation station and then we're going to get up and walk on by and go, Oh my God, it's so cute. I love the gong that (laughs) I bought. Adorbs. And then we're just like in here. Right. And so Whether it's, you know, joining an online meditation group, whether it's getting a friend, a buddy to hold you accountable, like that, that to me is the secret of success.
0: All right. Is there an optimal time to meditate? I've heard 4 a.m. Would love your thoughts.
1: Yes. um, They do say 4 a.m. We are the most creative. And I think that's why a lot of us wake up at 4 a.m. Either with creative ideas or terror, right? Um, For myself, if I'm waking up at 4 a.m., I'm going back to sleep. That's just not, that's not my time. Right. You need to find your time. There is no right of anything for this, in my opinion. I feel as if it's great to experiment. You know, what does it feel like to do it at 4 a.m. or at 7 a.m. before? Or maybe it's that, you know, right before the kids come home from school? Or is it in the evenings to help you wind down after a bath? Find the time that feels the best for you and then make that your like time. Because if you have it set, there's a timer, it's a routine, you'll have more consistency with it.
0: Right. Right. That sounds good. So here's the deal. We're, 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 um, we have to move on. Um, but people were like, it's a stressful day. This has helped so much, you know, so maybe we can coordinate some time to kind of do something a little more casual, not this big day. But will you come back and and of we can? Of course, I would be happy to, and I'd be happy to arrange a, a meditation
1: and challenge for your group, like anything. I'm so happy to do this.
0: Well, Nick, thank you. This has been amazing, and um, I hope you had a great time, as much as the people that listened to you did. I hope you enjoyed Jennifer Grace. Of course, those of us who attended the designer experience also had the benefit of watching her live. I wanted to let you know that we did do that group meditation that we talked about. It was called High Vibes with Jennifer Grace, and every morning for five days, my friends and I had a meditation date at 8 a.m. with Jennifer Grace and the rest of her community. Everything is on Jennifer's IGTV channel, and I urge you to follow her there. Her channel is called The Jennifer Grace. I really enjoy sharing people like Jennifer Grace who come from outside our direct design community. Designers, I just want to remind you, you do an incredible job of caring for your clients well being, and you've got to do that for yourselves too. Thanks for listening. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to Seb. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.